Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... February the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly took care of business, folks and separated power so the bureaucrats don't control us all. The problem is they said it was meant for immoral people. And as we, the people, become an immoral people, we're losing control of that, and the bureaucrats are taking control, and they're loving it. The only way back, ladies and gentlemen, is to promote God, family, and country. The way back is not revolution. The way back is restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. The best way back, ladies and gentlemen, is to turn to God Almighty. I know folks are not religious, and they're going, Sam, I'm just not religious as you, buddy. I appreciate that. Well, say what you want, but I'm telling you the truth. You cannot be religious, but you'll lose your country. All right? The Founding Fathers warned and warned time and time again the importance of understanding who we are. Right? Our Founding Fathers said, our, you know what? The system they set up is not adequate for the governing of people who aren't a religious and immoral people. So, you know, say what you want to say to me, folks, about that religious thing. But I'm telling you, it's not a debate. It's not a I'm right, you're wrong thing. It's a reality from God thing. Look, God Almighty is the author of the universe. If you don't believe that, you're free to not believe that. I'll defend your right to not to believe that. But you can't ignore reality. You can't ignore history. All right, um, I was out on Saturday. I had some personal responsibilities to take care of. Friday was an award-winning broadcast, except for we don't have the archive. We um, are testing out one of a new studio, a new studio that we're working on. Uh, and so as a result, the uh, archive did not get recorded for Friday's show. So we don't have a show for Friday. We did a live show. It was great. But uh, anyway, sorry about that, folks. We're doing the best we can. However, we are live today. Hard-hitting news the networks refused to use. And we'll recap Friday's show since we didn't get a chance to archive it for you. We had our Richard Mack with us for two hours. Actually, he dropped off a little early. Um, so he was basically mainly with us for an hour. And Trump wisely says that he won't testify at the trial coming up this week. And I don't blame him. Uh, look, they're going to be dishonest. They're going to set the stage against you. They're going to trap you and play games. I would not testify at the trial either. Because we don't have transparent trials in America anymore, folks. The courts are corrupt as all get out, and the chances of you uh, having a fair trial at, in the Senate is about zero. It's become so politicized, it's not a fair, open, transparent, honest, due process, full of law. Call witnesses, bring forth the facts, reality check. Okay, they're already saying they're going to impeach Donald Trump in the Senate. They're going to you know, confirm the impeachment. They're not really going to call a bunch of witnesses. It's going to be fast-tracked. They've got an agenda, folks. They know they're going to lose. They know they can't um, 
you know, convict Donald. There's not enough Republicans that will go for it. But they also know that they can put big egg on his face, politically speaking, and that's all this is about. What a shame it is in America we've come to this. So Trump wisely will not testify in his trial. The House voted 230, 199, to strip Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignments. They removed her from the House Education Committee, the Labor Committee, and the Budget Committees. They said because she's dabbling in conspiracy theories, she's one of the ones that believes in, you know, 9-11 is not as we were told. She's one of the ones that believes that Donald Trump unfairly lost the election, that there is election fraud. But now Green, in my opinion, failed. She melted down. She wimped out. She should have had the guts to stand against these tyrannical thugs, but no. So Green clarified that she no longer believes in the conspiracy theories. She gave a speech on the House floor where she apologized for believing in conspiracy theories in the first place and promoting conspiracy theories. She got a big standing ovation from everybody in the room. See how she capitulated? Right, what a shame that is. So while uh, um, Alexandria Cortez lied and uh, claimed that she was so scared, well, it turns out she wasn't even in the building. She wasn't even in the Capitol building in the breach on January 6th, folks. She lied. So, look, you got one Democrat like AOC that could just lie. Oh, my gosh, I was so scared. Oh, my gosh. And she wasn't even in the right building. Well, I could run around and go, oh, my gosh. On January 6th, I was so scared. I know I was 2,000 miles away, but I was so scared. It was a case. Okay, and, and that's okay. But Marjorie Green says, I don't believe the official story of 9-11. I think there is election fraud. You're not even entitled to your own opinion on those things anymore, ladies and gentlemen. She melts down, gets kicked off all these groups, apologizes, capitulates to the cabal, and now a standing ovation. What a shame Green has become. All right, Dr. Scott Bradley was with us the second hour to preserve the nation. His goal, freedomsrisingsun.com. By the way, he's got a new website at freedomsrisingsun.com. It's been updated. It's incredible. Check it out. We'll also talk to the good doctor next hour. We also talked about dishonest, evil, deep state. Shaming of the American people needs to stop now. That's what I believe they've done to Marjorie Green, and she wimped out and capitulated. Sad for her. Shame on, on Marjorie Green for doing that. I'm disappointed in that. I really am. We also talked about Utah Senator Mitt Romney. Unveiled an ambitious plan to pay, 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 pay through the nose. He's the ultimate modern-day spike of the socialist movement. He's the tip of the socialist spear now, isn't he? What a shame Senator Mitt Romney has become. When will people just stand up on the points of freedom and liberty and honorable intentions, huh? I sure wish for it. Speaking of people who do so, though, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Welcome back, my friend. Uh, good to be back, Sam. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, sir. We have so much to talk about, so little time to talk about it. Investigation finds heavy metals in baby food. Where do we go with this? And what's interesting to me about this is they discovered it, they admitted it, it didn't even hit the mainstream press, but it's getting very little focus, sir. Well, I guess I shouldn't surprise this. Uh, This is a congressional investigation, which, you know, normally doesn't turn up anything particularly interesting or useful, but there's a representative, uh, Krishnamurthy, I I can't pronounce the last name, but he chairs the House Subcommittee on Economic and Consumer Policy within the Committee on Oversight and Reform, 
he's the one that uh, did this investigation. He said these manufacturers knowingly sell baby food containing high levels of toxic heavy metals. It's time that we develop much better standards for the sake of future generations. End of quote. Well, Sam, I'm not, uh, you know, so I'm glad to hear about the investigation. I'm glad they discovered and reported what they found. But, of course, I'm not here to recommend baby food. Uh, even if it doesn't have the toxic heavy metals in it, it's not, it's really not health, healthful. Um, you, you, you know, if you want the very best food for your baby, that would be mother's breast milk. You just can't beat it designed to be the a perfect uh, supplement, you know, and, and a baby is a perfect parasite, so to speak, because it gathers or it takes from the mother everything it needs to, to, to make life. Um, well, if, you, if, you're, if the mother doesn't have enough breast milk, then a wet nurse is really next best. Uh, if you can't find a wet nurse, then, then goat milk is, is uh, the, the best substitute that is available, and there's a lot of people uh, who do provide goat milk. I, for one, provide goat milk for young mothers who don't have enough of their own milk uh, for their babies. Now, if your baby's ready for, for solid food, then you should blend fresh vegetables from your garden. That's really what you ought to do. Now, fresh vegetables from a nearby farmer that you know and trust, that would be best, or next best, you know, if you don't have your own garden. And then maybe produce from a health food store or from a grocery store. But even a lot of those foods are flown in from California or Mexico. They're irradiated. So even the very best produce from a grocery store isn't always the very best food. But avoid baby food. It's really the equivalent of Cheerios or cornflakes. You know, it's the baby food equivalent. Cheerios and cornflakes has very little nutritional value and a larger number of detrimental elements. Well, so that's, that's uh, you know, that's uh, Lowell Nelson's nutritional um, uh, tip uh, for the morning. <laughs> To avoid baby food and instead eat real food from, from God's garden. But getting back to the article here, what did the congressional investigation uncover, Sam? Well, that these heavy metals are arsenic, mercury, lead, and cadmium. Okay, those are the four toxic elements that they found in these baby foods. What companies make them? Well, Gerber, owned by Nestle, that's probably the most famous baby food maker, uh, but also these other six companies, Plum Organic, owned by Campbell Soup, Beach Nut, Sprout Organic, Earth Best Organic. I mean, I'm reading these names, Sam. I can't hardly believe that they have companies by these names. You simply can't trust the company by its name, that's for sure. Happy Baby and Parents' Choice. What, which is Walmart's private label. Yeah, brand. and you look at all these toxins that they're putting literally in the food, knowingly, willingly so. To me, it's criminal. And you look 10, 15, 20 years later, everybody has a metal toxicity problem as well. Their organs are suffering uh-huh. from this stuff. And then, hey, you, all they do is add medications to manage that or deal with that instead of an appropriate detox or, you know, chelation detox, kind of a natural solution mm-hmm. and an option. They just put you on medications and drugs. They don't even dig to the bottom of this stuff. And, and to me, it's it's... It's intentional criminality. We'll talk about it coming up in a second. Lowell Nelson with us, ladies and gentlemen. You know, the mainstream press admitted to the story, but they didn't talk about it. What it means, what we can do about it, none of those things. Thank heavens for Lowell Nelson. CampaignsforLiberty.org doing a phenomenal job focusing on just that, solutions. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas, 
After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So to since hear you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. talking about this incredible uh what do you say research uh, topic done by congress finding out hey uh-huh. there's a bunch of toxic metals in your baby food ladies and gentlemen and i've always recommended against baby food because i feel like it's really expensive it tastes horrible you know if you've ever tasted it i always you know hey what's my kid eating so you taste it and you go Ugh. i did that when my um when I was an uncle to a lot of my you know, nieces and nephews as a young babysitter years and years and years ago, and I just tasted it. I'm like, I don't know why anybody would give their kid that. So we never gave our kids baby food. I believe God's got a plan. There are loved ones and other milks and other things available. There's so many natural solutions. I don't know why you'd use baby food in the first place. Uh, you know, most parents as young parents are deceived as well. You know, when kids start grabbing for stuff, they're like, he's hungry. He's ready to mac down some steak. And no, it's just that kids are always interested in what you are doing. It isn't really that they're so hungry or anything like that. Um, I'm not saying there can't be exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, hey, you know what? We always nursed our kids for at least the first year uh, exclusively. Then we started to introduce foods, and then in about two years, we quit the nursing and just went on regular food, and that's just an example from my family. But all I'm telling you is this is crazy town, and parents should be shocked and angry. Not so much that there's metal in the food. That's bad enough. But they knowingly allowed this to occur is the real takeaway for me, Lowell. Yeah, that's right, Sam. As I read the article, and, you know, people can go to uh, truthaboutcancer.com and read more of the details. I, they really dig pretty deep. And uh, they're talking about the, the um, uh, investigation that they did. There were two of those seven companies who actually uh, uh, cooperated with the investigation and 
and then five of them just refused to, to cooperate at all. They wouldn't allow the the investigators investigators to come in and and uh, and, and watch their processes uh, and, and evaluate them. Uh, and so, really, all the investigators could do in those cases was simply measure uh, the food produced by those, those five companies and and what they found. Was I mean they go into great detail how many how many parts per million of lead is found in this food produced by this uh, company? Very very uh, informational. In, a lot the of main, great, in great my detail. opinion, the mainstream press should really be digging into the details of this study. We should also be pushing mm-hmm. these companies. If five out of seven did not cooperate at all, mm-hmm. then in my opinion, there should be seriously we should be you know voluntarily creating and running uh, public mm-hmm. service announcements that says hey these companies are not to be trusted and here's why. And if enough mm-hmm. people cared, we could force them into to, um, being involved, not by law or by government, but by public opinion, and say, you know what, you need to you know, disclose this information and get on board here. If you're doing this intentionally, you know what, you need to be stopped and completely go out of business. If you're not doing it intentionally, then let's get to the bottom of it. Don't be afraid. You know? and, and so there are answers here, but only if enough people get involved. Well, I submit only enough people can get involved if they really know about this in enough detail to to encourage their involvement. And that's the difference between the average news reporting this law and what you're doing here. Well, the, uh, the article also mentions, Sam, the um, ill effects of heavy metals. For example, they, they took each one of the four that they named, right, and, and, and they took them one at a time and described the impact of that heavy metal on the human body, particularly in young babies as they develop, right? And For example... They said they caused permanent decreases in IQ, diminished future economic productivity, and an increased risk of future criminal and antisocial behavior. Babies developing brains are exceptionally sensitive to injury um, caused by toxic chemicals, and several developmental processes have been shown to be highly vulnerable to chemical toxicity. That's just just one statement from an article that had an, uh, you know several paragraphs devoted to the problems with heavy metals. They also even listed the, uh, the they talked about this uh, Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry. I had no idea such a thing existed. The ATSDR, uh, Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, they actually rank known toxic substances based on the threat they pose to human life, and three of the four mentioned substances are the most toxic. They're in the top three. Right? Arsenic is number one, lead is number two, mercury is number three, and those are three of the four elements that are found in these seven baby foods. And Cadmium, by the way, when by you the get way, vaccinations, seven. you get a ton of metals on top of that. Mercury and other kind of metals are in mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the vaccines as well. So they're just loading up little infants full of metal, and the uh, repercussions mm-hmm. from a health point of view are documented, well documented. Uh, the problem is mm-hmm. nobody seems to take heed or care. They're too busy making sure that Sam Bushman has his mask over not only his mouth but his nose. I mean, they're just <laughs> out of control, folks. That's right. That's right, Sam. So if you want to, your, if your listeners want to know more, then they should go to truthaboutcancer.com. I realize that's not a website I've mentioned before, but it is great information, and it's, it's worth a visit, Sam. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. Last comment on heavy metals and baby food you know there's two choices one is to push for it nationally to create accountability and to get this stopped and changed and everything else and i'm grateful for the congressional report on that 
But on an individual basis, what I like about some of the solutions that we point out is this. You may not solve the world by 3 o'clock, and you may not be able to push the national narrative and discuss it openly and candidly and eventually create change that could, you know, you may not be able to do that individually, right? But what you can do is make sure that you and your family do not use the baby formula, that you look at goat's milk alternatives or you find another female that can provide milk if there's a, a reason or a necessity to do so. That you, uh, you know, create your own. My daughter used to make her own baby food, uh, and it, there was no heavy metals or toxicities in that. And so there's a lot of solutions available, ladies and gentlemen. You can individually take charge of your child's health, just like you can take charge of your child's education. There are solutions. It just takes a little bit of grit, a little bit of work, a lot of love, and a whole lot of service and dedication to the young ones uh, in this world. So anyway, there are answers, ladies and gentlemen. Don't think there are not, and, you know, don't always think of answers in a collective viewpoint as well. Think of it individually uh, and think about it and say, what can I personally do to change this in my life for me, for my family, for my loved ones? And, hey, if enough of us do that pretty soon, big change happens. All right. Uh, Ron Paul writes an incredible column as well, switching gears here, making election theft permanent, talking about a new legislative um initiative called HR1. Lull? And the number on that uh, bill indicates how long it's been in the hopper. I mean, the very first bill gets number one as a congressional uh, session. Uh, Basically, that session lasts for two years, and all bills that are considered by the Congress, um, you know, during that two-year cycle, uh, they get numbered. They start at one and go on up from there. Um, and um, then at the end of the session, all bills that are not passed, they fall to the ground, and they have to start over. That's just how Congress works. But this is H.R. 1. It's a measure that would nationalize elections. Now, a lot of people might think that's, whoa, wow, what a great deal. Finally, you know, the the federal government is stepping in and taking control to ensure that uh, no more uh, tomfoolery happens in our elections. We're not going to, no election from now on is going to get stolen. Boy, if the Fed step in and take over. <laughs> well, nothing could be further from the truth, uh, folks. The, the states must take over. The states must be responsible for the integrity in their elections. And when I say the states, I really mean the county clerks and the citizens that live within the precincts in every county. In other words, we need to take control of our elections. I need to do it in my neighborhood, and Sam needs to do it in his neighborhood. We need to work with a, an honest county clerk. Uh, and, and there are a lot of great solutions to the, the theft of this uh, most recent election. But turning control of that operation or of our elections over to Congress is not the solution. For example, H.R. 1 would make it illegal to remove dead people from the voter rolls and non-residents from the voter rolls. It would, it would force states to allow early voting. It would force states to allow vote by mail, which is fraught with opportunities to commit fraud, by the way. I mean, that's really the vote by mail caper was the fundamental reason why the election, this past presidential election, was stolen in these six battleground states because they had ballots, for example, that were supposedly vote-by-mail ballots that had never been creased, right? Never been folded to put in an envelope to go through the mail to the where the, the votes were being counted. Well, that's obvious 
fraud, and yet the county clerks in those jurisdictions, those polling places, allowed those kind of ballots to be counted. Obvious fraud, this vote-by-mail caper. This bill, H.R. 1, would also force states to allow same-day registration. It would force taxpayers to subsidize candidates they don't align with politically. And finally, this H.R. 1 would police online speech about elections and about candidates within four months of an election. You may not criticize the political class, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, this bill smacks of tyranny like you've never seen it before, tampering with, obliterating one of our most fundamental rights, that is the right to weigh in and have our say, called the vote, ladies and gentlemen. Don't fall for it. Americans should be up in arms over this, but nobody's talking about it but us on the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Indian rescue crews continue to search for trapped victims after part of a glacier in the Himalayas broke off Sunday morning that slammed into two hydroelectric plants. At least nine people were killed and 140 were missing when the Nanda Davi glacier snapped. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's corruption trial resumed on Monday with his lawyers giving their formal response to the indictment. The trial resumes 43 days before Israel is due to hold its fourth election in two years. George Shultz, the U.S. Secretary of State who survived bitter infighting in President Ronald Reagan's administration to help forge a new era in American-Soviet relations and bring on the end of the Cold War, died Saturday at the age of 100 in Stanford, California. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady won his seventh championship on Sunday in a dominating 31-9 performance against the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. This is USA Radio News. Can you really believe the news? So much spin. Americans just don't trust big media. And if you're really tired of the old news, check out Newsmax TV, the fastest-growing network in America. It's on all major cable systems. Each night, watch Newsmax TV and see big shows with Sean Spicer, Greg Kelly, Lindsey Keith, Stinchfield, and Rob Schmidt. They're exposing Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi's surprising agenda. So tune into Newsmax anytime. If your cable doesn't carry it, call them and tell them you can go to another service that does. Or you can download the Newsmax app on your smartphone. It's free, and you can watch it anywhere in the world. Newsmax is also free on TVs like Samsung, LG, and Vizio. And millions of people watch Newsmax on Roku, YouTube, Pluto, Zumo, Apple TV, and more. There's a reason 30 million Americans watch Newsmax TV all the time. Check it out today. Newsmax is real news for real people. The GOP in Wyoming is leveling harsh charges against their representative Liz Cheney. USA Radio News' Jeremy Scott reports. The Wyoming Republican Party has voted to censure Representative Cheney and called for her resignation. The third highest ranking member of House Republican leadership tells Fox News Sunday she is not going to resign. Our most important duty is to the Constitution. And uh, as I've explained and will continue to explain, the oath that I took to the Constitution 
compelled me to vote for impeachment, uh, and it doesn't bend uh, to partisanship. It doesn't bend to political pressure. She also said there are some false assumptions making the rounds. People uh, in the party uh, are mistaken. Uh, they they believe that BLM and Antifa were behind uh, what happened here at the Capitol. That's just simply not the case. It's not true. Cheney says there's a lot of work to do to regain trust in the party because people have been lied to. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. Cheney is the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney. This is USA Radio News. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. And we're talking about this bill, H.R. 1. It's absolutely disaster, folks. It poses to nationalize elections. You think, good, maybe we can solve the problems? Not so. I believe too much nationalizing of the elections are the very problem that this uh, bill supposes to fix. It's a lie, and I believe most uh, who are involved know it's a lie. What they really want to do is control the elections, ladies and gentlemen. And I think they clearly know that. That's why they're pursuing it. But I think they're dead wrong. What I recommended was if we really have vote fraud problems, what you don't do is go to vote by mail. What you don't do is go vote by electronic machines that whisk your elections away to be counted somewhere else where there's no real paper trail or accountability. The answer is for every American to demand to go back to the precinct level. There's 175,000 precincts in America. And if you literally had the precinct level and you really had paper ballots and counted your ballots by hand, there's an average of about 800 voters for precinct in America. You could easily count 800 votes if you had 10 counters uh, and 10 watchers from all various uh, walks of life so that it's not controlled by anybody. And you had them you know, count the votes under penalty of perjury that they're honest and transparent. You could literally, each person would be counting 80 votes and they'd be watched. It could be done literally within... I don't know, half hour, hour, hour and a half after the elections. It can happen all over the country. It would be easy to do in 3,000 counties with 175,000 precincts and an average of about 800 voters for precinct. I've researched this out in detail. And what I find fascinating about this, Lowell, I don't mean to take forever before you can respond to this, but they're promoting the exact opposite solution. They're promoting the collective and the national and the federal solution. I'm promoting the government that governs closest to the people is best, and the more local and transparent it is, the better. The more people involved from a vote-watching point of view, the better. The more accounting uh, and transparency that's um, delivered uh, right at the get-go, the better. Uh, You can see who's uh, advocating for what, and it's easy to see, in my opinion, if you want honesty and transparency, which way will accomplish that. Fascinating how they're putting in the hopper H.R. 1, first bill to hit the Congress. I'm proposing a completely 180-degree different response to the problems we face today when it comes to election fraud. Lowell? Well said, Sam. Uh, and this we, we used to do it exactly the way you described it, not just one or two decades ago. I myself have been a poll watcher for that very method of, of counting votes in my own community of Highland, Utah, uh, about 10, 15 years ago, um, it was, uh, yeah, probably about 2003, 4, 5, somewhere in there, so almost 20 years ago. Um, ballots came in the door, and they had three uh, judges, election judges, and I, I remember describing the process they followed on your show, Sam, right here. Uh, very methodically, they all the ballots were in stacks of 10, 
They would, uh, you know, one person would handle the ballots. They had two talliers making tally marks uh, underneath uh, the individual, the candidate's name. And the, the one ballot counter would simply pick up a ballot and look at it. And, of course, as a poll watcher, I could see what she was looking at. She would state the name of the candidate who received the vote. And uh, each of the tally markers, uh, they, they, the talliers, they would make a mark on their tally sheet. And uh, whenever they reach the tally mark of five, you know, a multiple of five, so, you know, one, two, three, four, and then you strike uh, diagonally through those four vertical marks to make a tally, that's a tally of five. And whenever they reach the tally of five on any of the candidates, they would verbally speak up and say, Mr., you know, candidate A has received 25 votes. Do you agree? And the... Uh, uh, the opposite uh, person uh, who is tallying the votes would say, yes, I agree. And then that ballot would be uh, placed uh, in, in, in a different pile. So the summation law is we've taken a very, very simple, methodical, appropriate, mm-hmm. transparent process, and we've absolutely perverted it into a complete sham. And then uh-huh. we say that it takes days and weeks and months to get to the bottom of the truth. And then if you ever question it, you're considered an, uh, a, a hate-filled terrorist or rebel. And this, ladies and gentlemen, must stop. And the only way to stop it is to not have less people involved, okay, where the conspiracy uh, or the secret combination can be above us and claims of conspiracy can happen. The reality is 175,000 precincts were in America for a reason. Let's go back to it. Let's have paper ballots and transparency. And let's have people swear the votes to the penalty of perjury. And this would absolutely stop. If you do anything short of that, you're playing games and you'll never get to the bottom of it. You can say I'm too old school. But remember, I make my living in tech, folks. And I don't say this because I don't like technical solutions. I love technical solutions to a lot of things. Uh, this is not one of them. Uh, and the more technical we go and the less people we have involved, uh, what we'll do is we'll just create a, a secret combination cabal that will get above the people, and you'll have election fraud forever. If that's what you want to do, make election fraud theft permanent, uh, then go ahead. But Ron Paul writes an incredible, compelling column against it, a warning about H.R. 1, a major in Congress right now that would try to nationalize elections, reject it. Ron Paul's 100% right, and I double down and highly endorse what he's pointing out and provide direct Simple, but clear solutions right now on Liberty Roundtable Live, Lowell. I love it, Sam. Please contact your U.S. representative and insist that he or she oppose this unconstitutional irrigation of authority by the general government. In other words, the states never authorized the general government to uh, exert this type of influence on the states. No way did they. You know, the framers wanted this to be handled locally, uh, just as Sam has described, and so H.R. 1 is patently unconstitutional, but how many times does Congress pass bad unconstitutional laws? Well, they do it all the time. So you need to get out there, talk to your U.S. rep, and make sure that they are opposed to H.R. 1 in Congress today. And make sure not only they're opposed, but they actively push against such tyrannical measures designed, uh, in my opinion, to jettison Honest voting in America once and for all. All right, moving on to another topic here. Raw honey delivered directly to your door can happen if you live right here locally. If not, it must be done by the mail. Now, we don't support vote by mail. We do support the delivery of local raw honey by mail, though. So if you want to learn more, get a hold of Kurt, localhoneyman.com, 801-669-2211, or Kurt, C-U-R-T at LibertyRoundTable.com does the trick. Incredible tasting, 
local raw honey delivered to your door. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the college for all crowd was in a flat-out panic, lol. <laughs> I could not believe this article, but apparently there's a state with a law on the books, and the state is Louisiana, by the way, a law on the books that says any high school graduate who wants a diploma must complete an application for college financial aid using, you know, basically the FAFSA form, the Free Application for Student Aid form, F-A-F-S-A, FAFSA, a FAFSA form before receiving a high school diploma. That's the way it is in Louisiana, folks. What are in the world are they drinking down there in the bayous? Um, Nebraska considered it, but their governor, Pete Ricketts, vetoed Nebraska's uh, legislation, but still, the Nebraska legislature put that through. I mean, it's hard to believe that uh, the common sense is, is so uncommon anymore. Uh, quote here, the article for such leg- the argument for such legislation is that a college degree will be needed for most jobs created in the coming years. College graduates tend to be more productive citizens, and so let's increase the number of <laughs> of uh, people in, in, uh, involved in higher education and stimulate economic growth by requiring them to get financial aid. <laughs> it's almost, it's just, they're going bonkers uh, back there in Louisiana now. I have not seen any such legislation introduced here in Utah, thankfully. But if you live in a state with such legislation, then you need to kick back hard against this. I mean, it's, first of all, Sam, it's dishonest, even immoral for a state to withhold a mark of academic achievement from a student who fails or refuses to do something completely unrelated to his a- academic achievement. <laughs> Second, the FAFSA form requires intimate family financial and personal information, not only about family income, but also whatever debts and alimony and financial obligations that you have, information the government has no right to track. Third, the college isn't for everyone, right? Nearly 40 per, now this is an interesting quote from this piece, nearly 40% of those entering a four-year program full-time do not graduate within six years. That's almost half, Sam. Almost half the people who enter a full four-year program don't graduate. Yeah, you want to know why? Years. Why? Because they realize it's a racket, and they realize they can make more money with on-the-job training, apprenticeships, and everything else. They realize, hey, I don't have time to be indoctrinated into your perversion. Uh, I need to learn what I need to learn to get out and make a living and, and, and you know take on life. I don't need to be indoctrinated into your social studies and your perversions of uh, manipulated sex things and everything else. People are sick of it. People don't. They're just like, you know what? I don't want to learn about all these things. You know what? I'm going to go into this field or that field, and I don't need, you know, beyond calculus math or i don't need wait why are they talking about trees i'm in a something something whatever class and you know people are just like you know what this is a sham and they get it when we come back well we'll wrap this one up but incredible column and i'm telling you right now the education for all folks are panicked as people find incredible better solutions we're returning to the way it used to be in america everybody didn't go to college but everybody was incredibly educated Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. 
and the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, we don't have enough time to cover all of Lowell's incredible highlights. Should college, college education be required for a high school diploma? Absolutely not, ladies and gentlemen. I think even high school diplomas are bogus these days in the modern world. But nevertheless, the college crowd's panicking and they're trying to push for the answer to be forced upon the rest of us, Lowell. <laughs> college enrollment, Sam, has fallen for nine consecutive years. So, yeah, they are panicked, and, and they should be because uh, they have all they do is have been teaching fluff. They've been going downhill. They don't focus on actual, actually useful education in most cases. They don't teach what truly matters. Well, what does truly matter, you might ask? Well, true history, I mean, real history, uh, good writing, reading comprehension, I mean, the essential skills that you need to succeed in life, and, uh, eh, they they don't teach those things, kind of things anymore. Ladies There's not enough money in it. You could literally have equivalent to a college education if they got rid of all the propaganda, all the indoctrination, all the, um, you know, social bogus stuff that, you know, they could literally get you from zero to 50. And literally, probably, I would say, um, what, right now it takes kindergarten plus preschool plus through 12th grade that's 13 years plus college four years 17 years if you need a master's 18 years head to that kindergarten or whatever else you know you're like at almost 20 years of education i'm convinced the whole thing could be done in probably you know six to eight years depending on the details and the fields you wanted to go into 10 years mm -hmm. for extreme cases and everything else and if you don't believe me that i have a little bit of knowledge in this reality check all of my children i have eight of them and literally five of them have already graduated, and one is going to do so in like two months. So it'll be six out of eight graduated in three years of high school, not four. Mm -hmm. And how do I do it? Uh, we don't waste our summers. That's all. We don't slave drive. We don't get all crazy, but we simply say, you're not going to sit around for three months and then come back and spend the next two months trying to remember what you forgot plan. We're not doing mm -hmm. that. 
And so all we do is we fill the summers with some classes, and our kids graduate in three years, not four. And everybody always says, well, how did you skip this grade? And our children's response is, I didn't skip nothing. I worked my butt off. Okay, and that's a little bit of what we need in America today. Instead of just partying for 20 years, and then when you're done going, oh, my gosh, I really have to work? Are you kidding me right now? I expect what my parents had right now. After they worked 50 years for it, I, I need it right now. We've created that mentality, and no wonder it's a meltdown in America. Um, and my three-year example is a simple one. Um, that's just high school. I've turned four years into three. I've dropped 75% of it. So as you can see, it would be easy. Or I'm sorry, 25% of it. So you can see it would be easy to do that all across the um, you know, beginning eight years or whatever else, too, and reduce that. And reduce, you, know, you could make a tremendous, you know, you could have kids at 14, 15 years old. Um, in an apprenticeship starting to work, uh, you'd have kids not even needing to go to school at all. They could just play and learn and, and be creative and let their brains develop and let their coordination develop. And they wouldn't be going to school at you know two, three, four in preschool and five and six. They could just start going to school at seven or eight years old and be done by 15 uh, in a heartbeat. And they'd have much more love and time with parents and the indoctrination could go away. It could. I, anyway, I'm on a roll. Sorry, Lowell. But anyway, that's the summary <laughs> of what could be, sir. Yeah, and you can look at that, uh, the life of Thomas Jefferson, for example. One of our framers, one of our founders, uh, he went to, he started college at age 16, Sam. He entered the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg. And as I remember, he studied under George Wythe there. He became, he read the law, uh, you know, he studied law and became um, he uh, practicing attorney or could, or, or at least knowledgeable enough to be an attorney. I think it was age 19 or 20 or something. I mean, basically, he was just uh, an amazing scholar, and uh, he just worked hard. He was diligent, and by the time most of us start college, I mean, he was he was done with college. He was ready to write the Declaration of Independence. I mean, it's amazing what uh, the, the schooling that these people received in the early years of our nation's history so just it's a, another example just another data point i'm not saying everybody has to do it that way but uh, we don't need to uh you know get all up in arms about the high rising prices in of college you know and the bailouts that they get from the general government let's just take the responsibility into our own hands let's be let's, let's educate ourselves we don't have to go uh, pay twenty thousand dollars a semester at yale or harvard or someplace but most everything you need is already out there, and it can be delivered via the Internet or, or, or however, right to your door right now. Amen. You know? The good news is we're shaking <laughs> up education as we speak, and you mentioned yep. Thomas Jefferson did it in yesteryear. Modern day, a man who's done that very thing is his name is Ben Swan. He's a well-known newsmaker. Truth in Media mm. is his website. Ben Swan, I don't know if you know, but he's not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's not a Mormon. Uh, but he literally um, graduated because he was homeschooled at first. Then he went to college when he was like 15 or 16. He graduated from Brigham Young University when he was less than 17 years old. Wow, I did not know that, Sam. Yeah, true cool. story. So it could be done in modern times, my friends. Make no mistake about it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Masking America's Greatest Natural Monuments, James Bavard. Well. This article also is found at ronpaulinstitute.org. It's about Biden's executive order that uh, basically face diapers must be worn at federal parks and monuments, right? Now, I want to ask people a question. I, we need to think critically about this. Uh, 
this particular order is really a cause of contention among people because those people who mask up are harassing people who are not wearing masks in our federal parks, our national monuments. But we, but the questions we need to ask are, are, are these, right? Does the president have authority to issue an executive order? And the answer is yes, he is. He's the chief executive, and he can issue an executive order. Well, what does that order affect? Who does it affect? Well, the answer is it affects employees in the executive branch of government. Very restrictive, okay? So he's the chief executive, and he can order his people who work for him in the executive branch of government to do thus and such. I agree. That's true. So does the order affect visitors at a national park? And the answer there is no. It does not, because not all visitors to a national park are employees of the executive branch of the federal government. So what is the geographic jurisdiction of the general government? I'm just pulling these questions out of the out of the ether here, but I think they're important questions. What is the geographic jurisdiction of the general government? Well, we learned from the Constitution that it consists of 10 square miles, basically Washington D.C., and whatever other uh, whatever other enclaves have been ceded to the general government by a state. Most national parks do not belong to the general government, folks. Most monuments do not belong uh, there to the feds, but to the states where the parks are located. So what would affect a visitor to Washington, D.C.? Well, any laws enacted by Congress, which has exclusive jurisdiction of the District of Columbia and those enclaves that I've mentioned, that's it. So if you're a visitor in Washington, D.C., and if Congress enacted a law saying that you had to wear a mask while in Washington, D.C., then yes, you would be affected. That would be a lawful uh, order, a legal order, while you were spending your time in D.C. But outside of that ge- geography, where, where the general government has jurisdiction, exclusive jurisdiction, then uh, the state, that the, the rules that the states make, those are the ones that matter. So... I don't care if Biden issued an executive order uh, ordering you to mask up on a national park. That does not apply to you. It applies to the employees of the federal government. And even if Congress ordered you to mask up at a federal park, like Yosemite or, or Yellowstone, whatever, it would not apply to you because they do not have exclusive jurisdiction in that, uh, geogra- that geography. That park's located in a state not and it has not been ceded to the. In other government. words, ladies and gentlemen, there are jurisdictional checks and balances. Don't you believe mm-hmm. for one second that everything is absolutely dictated by the king or some federal bureaucrat two thousand miles away? Don't believe it. It's a lie. Uh, pl- predatory philanthropy, human capital, finance, and the gamified world view. Allison McDowell spoke in Utah just last week, lol. You bet, and she was awesome. Now she's a mom, uh, and, uh, and and she lives in Pennsylvania. And through some advocacy in Philadelphia schools, she discovered that you know the emerging financial solution, catalyzed by the COVID crisis, well, they run on human capital, Sam, and it requires a massive digital surveillance apparatus and digital capture and control of almost every aspect of our lives, from cradle to grave. So uh, most of her presentation, truthfully, Sam, just went over my head because I'm, I just don't deal with these things all the time. But the best way to capture what she said, and you, you can go to wrenchinthegears.com and, and, and read 
what she and find her YouTube's there and read what her articles she writes. That website again is wrenchinthegears.com. But basically, if you want to capture it, I think of it this way: the best way to capture the essence of her presentation is to think of the social credit system employed in China today, and then magnify that system many, many, many times. Yes, the social credit system in China manages the rewards or punishments of citizens on the basis of their behavior, their economic and personal behavior. China data mines their 1.5 billion people, and the coming globalist system is very likely, Sam, to be modeled after the system that's being pioneered in China. <clears throat> so that's the short version of what she said. But now to to, to, to give you an example uh, of what we're talking about here, say, Sam, you wake up tomorrow morning with a sore throat. Well, the biosensors in your body, they signal that something is wrong, and immediately you have a number of doctors offering you remedies over the Internet. Your smart home turns up the heat in your house to keep you warm. It knows that you're in the home, and it just shuts its door. It doesn't allow you to exit your house, Sam, because your cough might threaten your neighbors, your sore throat, right? And if you don't take a nap at midday, your social credit store score might get a ding because you lack the sound judgment that, you know, that you should take a nap, and so on and so forth, Sam. Um, <clears throat> very interesting, this, this, uh, this smart uh, the environment that we live in. Um, one, another way to, to summarize what she said, Sam, is uh, on a handout that she, she gave where they basically think of an onion, and at the very, you know, layers and layers, okay, rings or layers in an onion. Now, innermost layer is your DNA and your RNA at the cell level. And then nanotechnology surrounds that. And then outside of that is your mind and your emotion. Outside of that is physical activity, smart homes, uh, social interactions, travel, treatment compliance, right? How compliant are you to the treatment that you're supposed to get uh, if you're uh, this domestic violent extremists, for example, if you believe in the Constitution. Well, how amenable are you to the reprogramming, to the treatment? How compliant are you? Your productivity and finding on the outermost edge of the onion your threat score. So uh, this, this, this is just total um, It's total fun out digital tyranny, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to reject it. Lowell finishes with this incredible, there's a question, how do we battle the monster of tyranny? Mm-hmm. There's a simple answer, ladies and gentlemen, with prayer, scriptures, knowledge, preparation, love, and consequently, miracles, ladies and gentlemen. That's how. Lowell, I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but I didn't want to miss the solution either. I love it, Sam. Thank you for underlining the most important sentence uh, of the uh, presentation. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, how do we battle the monster of tyranny with prayer, scriptures, knowledge, preparation, love, and miracles. Thank you, Lowell. For Sam and Lowell, God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, 
live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. The goal is to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. This is indeed the broadcast for January, er, wow, February the 8th, in the year of our Lord, 2021. February the 8th, 2021. This is our two of two. And the good Dr. Scott Bradley in the house. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Well, thank you very much, and I hope everyone is having a delightful morning this morning. Amen to that. I had a fantastic weekend. Hope you did as well, Doctor. You bet. Uh, you know, we're always out stirring the pot. Hey, that's the way we do it, ladies and gentlemen, telling the tale of liberty, and it certainly, um, you know, continues the battle in heaven for the souls and hearts and minds of our loved ones. Will you turn to God Almighty and receive wonderful blessings, or... Will you go another way? Let's leave it at that. By the way, the purge continues in America, Scott. Lou Dobbs tonight got canceled by Fox. The cancellation comes one day after Fox News and three of its hosts got sued. Dobbs, of course, Maria Bartiromo and Janine Pro all got sued. The sue is for, suit is for $2.7 billion dollars by Smartmatic USA, and they're basically claiming, hey, you guys are saying we committed vote fraud, you have no proof, and we're going to sue you. Fox melting down over it. And uh, in my opinion, the purge continues. Um, it's a serious, serious thing, Dr. Bradley. You know, it's interesting, um, the, uh, the, the idea of this, we're, we're slap happy with our suits, for one thing, but second thing, it would seem to me an absolutely delightful opportunity, since they're bringing this forth and they want to have it to, you know, it, it is a silencing thing. Obviously, everybody is figuring they're all going to fold. You, you sue for a bazillion dollars and suddenly everybody has a stroke and folds up on the court and the game's over. But I think it would be a delightful opportunity to bring forth evidence in the court that would be made public knowledge as it went forward. And I think it would be wonderful to get the full exposure to truth. I mean, I, as I've told you and your listeners many times, uh, I've got a plaque in front of me all the time. Uh, I'm sitting at my desk. It says, it's by George Washington, there is but one straight course, and that is to seek truth and pursue it steadily. You know, it's interesting. I've, I've taken uh, this conspiracy theory epithet that people throw at others, as being something, a derogatory statement that uh, kind of pushes your head underwater and you can't breathe anymore, and so you got to come up and beg forgiveness. Uh, I have taken to calling conspiracy theorists truth seekers, and um, and that is something that society today need desperately needs is more truth seekers. And this silencing through the lawsuit thing, I think a, a countersuit would be great. I think that, uh, that uh, well, of course, I'm not so sure Fox News really was interested in the truth. I, I think that uh, they're basically a lame-brain mainstream media kind of organization that uh, that tries to promote the idea that they have, you know, some more semblance of truth there. But, but basically it would seem to me that all too often they're kind of giving the narrative, well, nay, not narrative, script that is so widely passed around here today and, uh, I mean, it, it crosses all 
you know spectrum of of uh, subjects too. It's not it's not just a political spectrum. Well, I guess coronavirus is political too, but uh, yeah, it has medical and and uh, I mean they're they're absolutely uh, promoting an agenda, and it seems to me that uh, they didn't want to have you know anything that looked like they were a little bit questionable, so they folded and. I think it would be cool to have that thing go to go to trial. That's basically my bottom line thought. I agree with that. And what's interesting to me is nobody seems willing to take on uh, the government over this thing uh, in bed with this um, Smartmatic or whatever company. Um, you know, even Sidney Powell dropped her lawsuits and stuff like that. So I look at this and I go, why is everybody deciding just to capitulate and cave? Um, I believe vote fraud is easy to prove if you can just get in court. But what the courts are going to do is they're going to say you lack standing. Uh, when you go to court, they're going to say you can't bring up that piece of evidence. Uh, the courts, instead of being a true, transparent, due process, uh, you know, discovery phase, rule of law scenario, uh, the judges just simply look at it and go, look, we're not here, Lou Dobbs, to talk about what you think vote fraud is. We've already established that there's no vote fraud. You, Lou Dobbs, cannot continue in the media to peddle this porn of dishonesty and lies about vote fraud. You, my friend, we're only discussing how much prison time you're going to have or how many, what your fines are going to be. Or the discussion is um, you're already guilty. And now and if you can't prove your innocence, Lou or Maria or, you know, et cetera, um, you are going down. And we've turned no, it, it, the whole court system on its head, Dr. Bradley. It, it is indeed a, a big challenge. And, and if you will look, now this is, this is one of these elements that absolutely fit under the Seventh Amendment. In suits at common law, where the value of controversy shall exceed $20. Let me see. Let me do the math. Uh, 1.7. But yeah, I think this qualifies. Okay. Where the uh, <clears throat> value of the controversy exceeds $20, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved. And no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rule of common law. Okay, so here we have a situation. This is one that absolutely the Seventh Amendment applies. And by the way, let me just say this about that. <laughs> the, the American justice system, as established by the American founding fathers, if it had a bias, and I believe it did, it had a bias in favor of the accused. And the intent was to make certain that guilty were punished, but the innocent never were. And so there was an intent uh, to make certain that there was adequate exposure of everything to make certain. And all of the, the rules surrounding our court systems and, and uh, accusations and so on were protected by that philosophy. Now, I'll, I'll just also maybe parenthetically state that when the uh, Constitutional Convention of 1787 ended, James Madison excitedly sent a copy of the new Constitution that was not yet ratified, of course, but was uh, was out, you know, for examination. He sent a copy of it to uh, Thomas Jefferson in France, who was our ambassador there. And, and Thomas Jefferson, I've, I've read his letter, and I've got his letter, actually, where he wrote back to James Madison and, and expressed the things that he really liked about the Constitution. But then he said, now, here's a couple of things I'm, I'm concerned about, and one of which was uh, that there's no Bill of Rights, and we could discuss that at some length. And the other of which was the uh, he felt that juries and their power 
needed to be made more front and center. And so um, that problem with the no Bill of Rights and the jury's front and center was kind of taken care of in the Bill of Rights that came forth. There was an absolute determination that this jury situation would be protected. Now, by the way, well, we, we don't need to talk about this right this second, but, but these kinds of concepts have been known since anciently. In fact, we do know that... But what uh, they've done now, though, is if I talk about a fully informed jury, they've got these, in my opinion, these uh, man-made rogue grand juries that a lot of people talk about, so that now people don't even believe in a fully informed jury. They get mixed up and think, or you're just trying to call your own jury or whatever else. You're outside of the government purview or purview or whatever, and, and therefore it doesn't count. Uh, we, we've got all mixed up and turned sideways on even what a, what a fully informed jury is. Oftentimes, well, no even question. a juror that cares is shut down by the judge, and the judge says, here are your orders of what you can think about, talk about, and here's what decisions you're allowed to make. I mean, it has gone absolutely off the rails. Well, in the original world of juries, uh, we do know that uh, the earliest time I know of a jury uh, was in the Middle Ages. Uh, the Danes had, had a form of jury kind of situation. Of course, we could go back to ancient Greece and look at the democracy thing and all the problems associated with that. But but we've had juries around for a long time, and juries always, and originally, and we could talk people like, you know, uh, luminaries like uh, Thomas Jefferson that say, you know, the jury has the privilege, the right, and the responsibility to judge both the law and the facts. And and I remember one time when I was uh, a delegate to the Republican Convention in Utah, back in the days I was a Republican, and... Um, we ran a a, uh, a resolution that's, that talked about these fully informed juries, and holy cow, we had attorneys coming out of the woodwork on, uh, in the effort to uh, to stop that. They said it would be absolute anarchy, absolute chaos, and they, they were going by their jury, I mean, lawyer training, which basically said, you know, the judge judges law and facts. Juries can only decide guilt or innocence. But the fact of the matter is, the uh, the idea of an informed jury, an informed jury can nullify an existing law in the case only, which is before them. And that needs to be clearly understood. And by the way, that's how the Supreme Court is supposed to run, too. But uh, but the in, in a jury situation, and let's just say, and we're probably going to have to take a break pretty quick, I'm guessing, so don't let me run on too long, but I want to explain a case to help people clearly understand why this is so important and why it needs to be set aside sometimes by a jury that looks at justice, mercy, uh, intelligence, logic, reason, the whole nine yards, and makes a judgment. That's what juries are to do. We'll come back, I guess. Yes, we will, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Dr. Scott Bradley with us. His updated website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Check it out. It's new and improved. Incredible. Over 1,000 webinar videos, Q&As on the Constitution, educational topics and more at your fingertips freedoms rising back in a second with a good doctor on liberty roundtable live why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less anybody ever had less money this year than you had last anybody better have a one percent pay cut you deal with it That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. 
but nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Lou Dobbs got let go. Yeah, in my opinion, the purge continues. It's a sad tale to tell. Lou Dobbs tonight canceled by Fox. The cancellation comes one day after Fox News got sued, along with three of its hosts, Dobbs, Maria Bartiromo, and Janine Puro. They were sued for $2.7 billion by Smartmatic USA. Smartmatic saying, hey, you guys can't prove there's fraud here in the elections. And, you know, I personally think you could stand up and defend yourself against this pretty well uh, if you did it right. Okay, if I make a claim, number one, I'm entitled to my own opinion. And you could say, well, no, these are news guys. And my response is, I don't know if news, uh, you know, Dobbs is a news guy or a commentator. Okay, and what we're seeing is a purging taking place. You got Alex Jones who claimed, um, you know what, that there was a scandal um, regarding uh, some of the gun shootings and stuff like that. And that it wasn't as we were told. Uh, and then they literally obliterated him. And now they're going after Lou Dobbs and others saying, hey, you can't talk about this Smartmatic thing. You can't express the view of vote fraud or and, you know, say this and that. They've gone after other hosts for all kinds of things. Everybody who um, dealt with the murder of, oh, what's that Democrat's name? He got murdered. They said it was a robbery. Shoot. I'll try to get his name. Uh, anyway, uh, they're slowly but surely tightening the noose of the purge in the media. And um, pretty soon you're not going to be able to say anything. Donald can't even say peacefully go to the Capitol and persuade your congressmen and women to look into vote fraud or else he's a flat-out insurrectionist uh, literally going before the Senate to be impeached. What? They said it was going to be today, but now they're starting tomorrow. So very, very interesting. But the purge uh, continues, Dr. Bradley. Well, before we go on with this jury nullification thing, let me just say this about that because I'm often uh, prone to do take a divergent uh, tangent but here's listen carefully ladies and gentlemen 
to what is happening across America. Let's just take the coronavirus vaccine situation. In every instance, every instance that I have seen where someone has died shortly after the coronavirus, within minutes, some of them within days, certainly within a week in many instances, in every instance there has been this disclaimer, oh, there's no evidence or there's no proof it's related to the coronavirus. In every instance, it is simply coincidental. And, and the idea, now think for a moment how opposite this is. For the last nearly a year now, we have been told everybody that dies has died of coronavirus because, oh, well, yeah, they had a heart attack too, but, but the, they had the coronavirus, by golly, and, and so it's put up for a coronavirus death. And, um, and the issues have been absolutely flipped on their head the way they're doing this. So listen carefully when they say there is no proof or there's no evidence. You are not being allowed, first of all, to seek proof or evidence because it's discounted instantly, and that is the way they're diffusing all of these things where there, there's, I mean, it doesn't have to be a death. It can be a, a, a very serious, maybe life-threatening or maybe life-changing injury. But, oh, no, no, there's no proof. There's no, well, you can't get proof if you're not allowed. I mean, their only, their only uh, measurement of truth, perhaps, is a fully adjudicated, uh, taken through the Supreme Court kind of thing, where they finally say, yep, yep there was that. But I, I think this common-sense approach to things is being completely set aside. And I believe that what we're going to see in the coming days, weeks, and months of coronavirus vaccine, uh, well, let's put them outcomes, um, is that you're going to get this constant drumbeat of no proof, no evidence. And, and the, uh, it's just astounding to me where you, uh, where you have injection, death, injection, two days later, death, totally healthy, unexpected, and, and nobody's ever saying, oh, hey, yeah. Could there be a connection? No. Can you believe? What are you, what are you some kind of a terrorist? Yeah. So okay. anyway, and, that's, and that's how that's they're going to go. And what it is is classic projection, Doctor Bradley. It's one of the you know Solinsky's kind of agenda ideas, where what I do is just claim that you're doing something, uh, but it's really what I'm doing. But I just blame it on you for doing that to defocus it from me. And so this Lou Dobbs getting fired and the subsequent discussion about grand juries, ladies and gentlemen, is to let you know that, you know what, we need to get to the courts. I don't think the courts are the end and be all of everything, but I will say this, if we can demand, if the people were to demand uh, true grand juries and true transparency of Lou Dobbs and Maria, whatever her name is, Bartiromo, and Janine Perot, you know, if they can say, look, you're not going to sue us all together with Fox. You're not going to put a company and three people in one lawsuit. We're going to separate this lawsuit out. We're going to demand a change in venue uh, away from the uh, corruption centers of, of America. We're going to demand a, a you know jury of peers on this thing. We're going to demand First Amendment rights to speak and believe and say and think and as we choose. We're going to, and you know, you could really have a heyday if you were to put money behind it like Fox and others could do. None of these people are starving for cash. Okay, and you can make a heyday and a real stand, uh, even if you lost the case, for grand juries, for a jury of peers, for the First Amendment, for, you know, uh, saying, hey, we can't even get this information. They claim that we tell you that this Smartmatic is the problem, and they say we're not allowed to make such claims. We're not allowed to get our proof out. I mean, if they really, really pushed on this, uh, they could get enough people to really, really give them a run for their money. But they've already capitulated and melted down. Now, Lou Dobbs is certainly welcome to call me up, and I'll syndicate him. 
Uh, he'll do a radio show uh, since he's not able to do it with these guys anymore. Uh, but you know what? He can call me. All I'm bringing up, though, is that when you tie this together, there are answers. But the American people must be relentless in pursuing those solutions. And if we don't, we're just going to get mowed down by those who love tyranny and those who hate liberty uh, big time. All right. That's the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of the coronavirus related to this push, this is all the coronavirus vote fraud, global warming stuff. And they're going to mix it all together to where it's hard to kind of peel one from the other. Okay, because you know that global warming caused you to not think right, which caused you to um, go ahead and uh, think of conspiracy theories, which basically made you speak out boldly in uh, defense of something that's you know unprovable and therefore you can't help it. Reindoctrination is coming your way. Because we have to save the planet, don't you know? And I know that's a, a confusing meander, but that's where they're going with all of this. In fact, it's so bad now that the TSA is recommending fines for masked violations, ranging from 250 to 1500 bucks. all right, for people who do not buy into the mask transportation order issued by Biden. He did this on his second day in office, by the way. He mandated. He thinks he's a lawmaker. The agency said that it could also seek a sanction amount that falls outside of those ranges for repeat offenders. Biden's order requires people to wear masks in airports, bus and train terminals, and on trains, planes, buses, and public transportation. The TSA, they say, has been charged with implementing Biden's executive order. So nothing to do with Congress. It's straight from a king uh, to the implementers. And they say the um, TSA is going to be involved in it. They're normally involved in just air travel, but now they're going to expand the TSA. They're also going to expand the subsequent Center for Disease Control and Prevention. And these two agencies will put together mask-wearing rules that will be built on Biden's order. Although the TSA usually deals with planes, I guess the agency said on Twitter that it has provided transportation system operators specific guidance on not only the repercussions for violations, but on how to report those violations so that the TSA can issue penalties to those who refuse to wear a face mask. The CDC, of course, exempts children under two years of age, and they say that people while they're eating can skip a mask for a short period of time. But otherwise, you can become a violator and be fined heavily. And none of this new law, new mandate, uh, is with the legislative body with all powers based on the Constitution. Um, Biden just went and did it. And then you got the TSA, an unconstitutional agency. And you've got the CDC, another unconstitutional agency, carrying out the edicts by King Biden. Dr. Bradley, your response to this one. Well, you've opened up another buckle of worms. Maybe we'll circle around sometimes to inform juries and, and uh, jury notification. But this one uh, certainly bears discussion. Um, I read the Declaration of Independence uh, as today's news today, and oftentimes I, I look at the things that are written there and equate them to circumstances that we find in today's world. And, and of course, in, in there they outline 27 offenses of the king that he did that justified their uh, rebellion. And uh, and point 10 is that he has erected a multitude of new offices and sent 
together swarms of officers to harass our people and to eat out their substance. I think that applies. And then in point 13, he has uh, uh, assented to acts of pretended legislation. When we come back, so, acts of pretended legislation are exactly what we need to highlight in this scenario. The good doctor with me, Dr. Scott Bradley, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman, and you are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, nationally syndicated, global reach radio program. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. More than 100 inmates took over a section of a St. Louis jail, setting fires and throwing objects from broken windows. Dozens of inmates escaped from their cells at the City Justice Center in downtown St. Louis around 2 a.m. Saturday morning, evading capture until the group rose as many as 115 prisoners. One male officer was taken to the hospital following the incident, but officials says he has since been released and is doing well. Tear gas ended the uprising after about eight hours. Tens of thousands of protesters on Sunday rallied in cities across Myanmar for a second day of anti-coup demonstrations despite an Internet shutdown. One week ago, Myanmar's army declared a one-year state of emergency after seizing power and arresting leaders. Monitoring group NetBlock's Internet Observatory said a nationwide Internet blackout that began Saturday was continuing in that country east of India. Tom Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl as the Buccaneers crush the Chiefs 31-9. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And during this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so cool. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Now that President Biden has been in office for a couple of weeks, what have we learned and where are we going? USA Radio News' Jeremy Scott has more. President Biden was asked by CBS News' Laura O'Donnell what things will look like one year from now. We're going to be, be able to celebrate it all as usual. About Hunter's memoir. It gave me hope reading it. I mean, it was like, my boy's back. The Iran nuclear situation. Will the U.S. lift sanctions first in order to get Iran back to the negotiating table? No relations with China. And I'm not going to do it the way Trump did. We're going to focus on international rules of the road. On whether former President Trump should still receive intelligence briefings. I think not because of his erratic behavior. The minimum wage. No one should work 40 hours a week and live below the poverty wage. And targeting relief in his stimulus plan. I'm prepared to negotiate that. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. You're listening to USA Radio News. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the media is an all-out effort to make Joe Biden 
soundbite after soundbite after soundbite. They want to make him sound like the most relevant savior president on the planet. Jesus reincarnates the way they kind of make it seem. He's going to go ahead and just fix your world every six weeks from Sunday. It's a big old lie, ladies and gentlemen. Don't believe it. It's also a big old lie, ladies and gentlemen, these pretend legislations he's rolling out by the, I don't know, wheelbarrow full, Dr. Bradley? Well, in these um, situations where these mandates, mask mandates, uh, great penalties, all that kind of stuff, and, and we can go back to the founding era and discover their intention was to have all legislative authority within the uh, the uh, House and the Senate. The president only carries out the laws done by that. The president cannot create law that is exercised as law upon Americans. And uh, and all of this is in total violation of the, of the original intent of the uh, Founding Fathers and the United States Constitution. It is illegal, null, and void. Okay, so now that we understand that, or, or, or I'll drive that stake in the ground, if you will, Here's how things are being done, not just at the national level or the general government, but also in our state and local governments. What is being done is the, let's just take in Utah, for example. In Utah, our home state, the uh, the governor has falsely created law. And first of all, understand, in the 47th Federalist Paper, James Madison eloquently stated the fact that if the power to legislate, execute, and adjudicate is found in one body, you know, whether it's a body or an individual or whatever, that is the very definition of tyranny. This is where we are in America today, where a, an executive branch legislates, they execute the law, and they decide to implement the finding and penalties. Okay, that's the very definition of tyranny. That is what the monarch did, and that is what the founding fathers tried to get away from. But what, what's happening is a sleight-of-hand uh, deception. And, for example, in Utah, as I said, we'd go with this, whether it's a church or whether it's a, a retail grocery store or some other business or something like that, the government uh, will establish what they want enforced. And then behind closed doors with churches or in back offices with businesses, they'll go in and say, look, look, we're not going to come and enforce this stuff. This, this is something that it's up to you. But if you don't, we will find you. And so let's say you go into a grocery store and, and you get jumped for not having a mask on. The grocery store is petrified that the health department or some other executive branch organization is going to come in and either fine them or revoke their license. And so they become a government enforcement agency, and the governor can smile and say, well, you know, we're, we, we're putting up uh, policies that we hope will keep our people safe, but uh, nobody, is, nobody has come up to you in the store and find you for not wearing a mask. Well, that's because they're threatening behind the scenes the business licenses and the uh, financial viability of an organization. And churches are agreeing to this behind closed doors and in violation of, of where government ought to be directing churches, and churches are not supposed to be these... Um, policy enforcers of government. That's the antithesis of a church. That's not their role. So that's what's happening. The the TSA or whomever is going to go to an airlines and they're going to say, you know what, we're going to have problems, guys, with, with your licensing or your access to the, uh, you know, some, some kind of thing that the airline wants if you don't enforce this on people that are on your airplanes. And, and so that is a fascist approach to things where the government is directing and that is fascist, or government directs the means of production and distribution. It doesn't have to own it, but government directs it within private industry. 
So we are adopting a fascist approach, and if people went through the TSA security lines and were kind of singing the songs to the Fuhrer and the Fatherland and see Kyle, see Kyle, it wouldn't be that far from um, from what we're really going on. So that is what is being implemented. The president does not have the authority to do it, but his agency is turning the heat up on these individual organizations that ultimately and finally will be the enforcement arm upon we the, we the people. And and it's absolutely wrong. And, and the reason this has happened, and it's not just Biden that's done it. Every president for decades, generations, has been assuming this at a greater and greater degree, and Biden has just uh, honed it to a new level. And uh, as you talk about him putting out a new law by the wheelbarrow full, this is stuff that anybody that had been paying attention could could you know, say, oh, I, I see where this has come from. We've been down this road so long now, people don't even know that it's the wrong path. So that's where it's going with this. It can't be done. These swarms of new officers, this idea of pretended legislation that came out of the Declaration, this is today. It's today's news today. And and this idea, he also talks about uh, uh, the, the deprived us of trial, trial by jury. You do something before the IRS or before the BATFE, before OSHA, whomever. They do the their administrative adjudication. Uh, again, the very definition of tyranny. This idea of uh, uh, being able to uh, restrict or, or obstruct the uh, administration of justice, all of that, all of that's happening right now. Uh, we've been deprived of benefits of trial by jury. I mean altering fundamental the forms of our Constitution. Now, that's number 21 in the Declaration of Independence. All of these things, all of these things are happening to us today. And and Americans don't even know, don't even know what they've lost. Yeah, you're right about this. So, for example, we've heard um, th- about this lawsuit. Lou Dobbs tonight canceled and three of the hosts getting sued, Fox getting sued, Sidney Powell getting sued. Lynn Wood getting sued, Donald Trump melting down, walking away and caving. Uh, and they're pushing for a global secret combination tyranny like you've never seen before, ladies and gentlemen. But listen, they're admitting the truth finally. And I want to talk about this in detail. Here's the headline. While they're pushing for mask violations due to the illegitimate so-called president's, quote, executive order. Violating the law as blatant as you can get, demanding that the TSA uh, and the uh, CDC uh, carry out the uh, illegal order. Listen to this carefully, ladies and gentlemen. Time, that's Time Magazine. Time claims that a secret cabal manipulated the 2020 elections to stop Trump. And people are having questions about it, writes Bonchi. Now, listen carefully. Here's the actual time headline time headline says this the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election that's the title in times website right now the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election molly ball writes it time.com is where the piece is And I'm telling you that it blatantly admits that, hey, they did everything they could to create election fraud. Donald was stunned. Uh, The patriots, uh, who supposedly are so violent, were silent. And the violence didn't come like they said, but then Democrats took to the streets in celebration. It literally highlights 
the fraudulent activity. What do you think of that, Dr. Bradley? They're blatantly well, celebrating their fraud now. In your face, buddy. I'm going to have to get the article and review it, but it, it sounds to me, it's very interesting. They talk about the secret campaign. Well, obviously, I mean, Biden they didn't say run the, a campaign. They even say the secret history, I might add. Yeah. So well, they're admitting that it's, that it's historical, that it's been going on for a long time even. Oh, absolutely. And, and you can go back to the 1948 election of, of uh, LBJ in Texas. I mean, this kind of nonsense has been rampant, but it's, it's, it's on steroids now. But, but, but you look at what happened to get Biden to be president. First of all, neither, nobody, anybody was excited of, uh, uh, for Biden or Kamala. You look at the debates in the run-up to the primaries and everything like that, it was like, ho-hum, who's excited about these? Nobody was. Nobody wanted them. And then when, when Biden gets the nod because uh, of some trickery and all that kind of stuff within the Democrat Party, um, he doesn't run a campaign. He sits in his bunker and hunkers down. And, and there was no rallies. There was no enthusiasm. There was no nothing. It was only what the media gave. And then he chooses Kamala. Holy cow. I mean, it's like, where did this come from? Oh, yeah, she's female. She's of color. And she has a very radical political perspective. But, but still, nobody's excited. And then when they, when they get elected, surprise, surprise, by some magical means, we end up having a non-inauguration inauguration where nobody came because nobody cared. I mean, and it wasn't just because, oh, no, we've got to be careful with the corona. Nobody came because nobody cared. And nobody would have been there if there had been no barbed wire and fences and sea of flags and stuff like this. This was all a facade from start to finish. And uh, Americans should be absolutely ashamed of what we've allowed to happen because we have not been paying attention and not nearly enough Americans care. And I'm just appalled, shocked, and chagrined that their grandchildren will look back at them and they will probably um, regret that they were their posterity. I mean, I, I cannot imagine it. But, yeah, I want to read the Time article. I've not seen that. All right, I just emailed it to you. You've got literally two minutes to read it. See what you can get done in that amount of time. Let's talk about this. This is absolutely insanity. While they're literally suing people saying you have no evidence, time is documenting it. I don't understand what the heck's going on here. Liberty Roundtable Live. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria, The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q, the calm before the storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. bipartisan coup I'm telling you right now in this timepiece it is shocking of what they're saying ladies and gentlemen before the election they say Trump plotted to stop a legitimate election count but then things changed and you got Republicans and Democrats all in the deep swamp all in All right. They say this is the story of the conspiracy to save the 2020 election. It's a story of an unprecedented, creative. And anyway, they talk about how close everything came to disaster. They're pitching this as the heroes. Uh, The ends justifies the means, Dr. Bradley. They kind of had to go to such crazy extremes to save everything from Trump and the terrorists uh, that would, you know, be uh, in power if they didn't pull off the coup. I mean, they're pitching this, even though they're admitting to it all, they're pitching it as a benevolent solution. Just like the guys that promote global government, they believe it's a benevolent, um, they're in position by, you know, some force to save us from ourselves, uh, kind of an idea. These people are delusionary, but they, in a very delusionary way, document the whole thing, um, Dr. Bradley. You know, there's an old adage that the, um, the victors hang the heroes, and they also write the history. And uh, and this is, I believe, uh, a blatant attempt. Now, I've got a lot more to review on this thing before I come to any bottom-line conclusion for sure, but but in the review I've done on it, it appears that this is a an attempt to create the history that will be known for future generations to read. It's, it's, a, it's a narrative that the establishment has decided needs to be told, and, and how the nation was saved from the debauchery of uh, liberty, can you imagine? And yes, they had uh, to go to a few extremes and kind of skirt the uh, rules to do it, but I mean, the end justifies the means it was necessary. We are going to, and they're going to paint Donald Trump more and more and more as this flat-out insurrectionist, and it'll go down in history as, thank the Lord that we saved America from the insurrectionist, the whacked-out capitalist, philanthropist, um, and uh, uh, womanizer, and, and they'll mix all that in. Donald Trump, I'm so glad. I mean, I know we had to go a little bit extreme to stop him, but it was worth it and absolutely vital for the salvation of the republic, Doctor. That's where they're going to go with this thing. I, I literally see these, these type of uh, articles, maybe not the exact article, but certainly the, 
the web that they've woven in these articles, being in the history books that the children will read, you know, in the next generation of high school history classes. I can see Winston Smith sitting in his office in the Ministry of Truth, putting things down the memory hole from George Orwell's 1984. Uh, this is a rewrite to the victors, goes they they write the history and they hang the heroes now i'm not saying that uh, well certainly don't get me wrong i uh, i think that trump has is a very flawed individual okay in so many ways but what they're well, doing now and that's now, exactly how they can they can perpetuate their lives because there's a lot of truth mixed in with their lives doctor this is on purpose they love that absolutely Absolutely, and and Satan will tell a thousand truths to get one fatal lie in there. But but this thing that I, as I read it, and uh, again I'm not into it as far as I'd like to. Time Magazine, I believe, has taken it upon them to say this is what we want the story to be known as in the future. How we saved, not maybe we, they, but uh, those that were involved in this effort to subvert a movement that was moving back to a a kind of a perspective where globalism was pushed back in the bottle or whatever. And, and this is how they, they saved our, us from us. And it's, a, it's Napoleonic in its origins. I mean, Napoleon was going to save the nation, France, from itself. And uh, there have been these benevolent leaders that have saved us from ourselves. And so it's, it's very interesting. I, I'm going to read it, you know, and find, you know, whatever is in it that I can kind of put in the right box, but the uh, the idea of using lawsuits and, and uh, overt action in the street and all those kind of stuff, it's it's really interesting that they're nibbling around the edges. I mean, I really do believe the coronavirus, uh, one of its central ideas was to make certain the election could be stolen, that George Floyd stuff and the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa and all those kinds of things, burning down America's major cities, all the distractions that happened all down the pathway, the destruction of the economy, you know, the uh, putting people in a in a situation where they they were in a contained environment where they could only get certain information if they went with traditional uh, news sources. It, it really was quite a grand and glorious. I'm, I use glorious very euphemistically, but it was a a very 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 well spun web that they ended up using to to capture what they did. Again. It was a non-campaign by Biden and Kamala. I mean, there was nobody excited about it. I don't believe that the 60-some-odd thousand votes that even some people that believe Trump won. Well, Trump won 80,000, I mean 80,000, 80 million-plus votes, and Biden won 60 uh, million somewhat. I don't even believe there was 60 million votes cast in his favor. I'm absolutely convinced that that it's all smoke and mirrors. I'm not... I'm not the least bit believing any of the narrative that's out there. You know, Ronald Reagan used to say, trust but verify. <laughs> My narrative is distrust until verified. And, and I'm not finding a lot of truth being brought forth by anyone, and certainly not from a source, Time Magazine. Ladies These guys and gentlemen, are putting sadly, history is written by the victors, those who have hanged heroes. And we're not defending President Trump here exactly. We are defending reality, though. They have committed such fraud that the, now the, the Time Magazine folks are celebrating and they're writing history. They're saying, yeah, we committed all these crimes, but it was really necessary. It was an ambivalent thing to do. That's the summary of the article. 
And um, I know there's a lot more to read there, uh, Doctor, but in, in general, that's the summary. You see, they're admitting to all this stuff, but they're saying it was absolutely necessary. We're so sorry that Trump was so out of control. We had to go to these lengths, but we had to do it. And more and more and more, they will disparage Trump. They will whitewash history and their narrative of that history because they're the victors and they'll write it. They'll whitewash uh, their things. And pretty soon it'll be more and more and more. We had to stop the evil Donald insurrectionist. And we did it. Thank the heavens. The republic's the much better off as a result, um, etc. Lies. And, I, and it, it reminds me of the way they promote Lincoln as the, as the hero. And they act like, hey, the South was just evil bad guys. None of that narrative is reality either. Or it reminds me even of the Holocaust-type lies. Now, I'm not a Holocaust denier at all. I am not, let me say it again, a Holocaust denier. However, I don't believe the official story told, though. Uh, so where do you go with that? And, and this is kind of a similar reality. It's to that epic of proportion uh, where they're rewriting the narrative very carefully to make it a heroic act of what they have accomplished with their fraud. Um, necessary as it was, they claim. I mean, I really believe this article aside, that's their narrative. I, I think it is, too. Um, again, it's the memory hole, uh, Winston Smith. It's the, um, uh, the the way that they're basically expecting us to all believe history in the future. And Time Magazine, again, I mean, I, I think uh, back in the old Soviet Union, there was a, um, a widely distributed, I'm not going to say read, newspaper called Pravda. Pravda's Truth in Russian. And the reason it was so widely distributed is they had toilet paper shortages there, and it was used, uh, everybody picked up their copy to make sure that they had adequate uh, paper in their house. But at any rate... Uh, toilet paper shortages uh, sound familiar, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of, I mean, I put Time Magazine in that kind of category, the Pravda I completely category. agree, and I'm not, I'm not defending Time Magazine as much as I'm kind of exposing uh, what they're doing here. So I'm not commending them for their work by any means, I'm just saying... You know, while they're literally suing Lou Dobbs and all these people saying there's no proof, they're literally in Time Magazine documenting and admitting that they even agree that the proof, that the evidence is there. It's just that the end justifies the means. It was necessary to do so, even though we crossed the line a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, I know I was speeding, but I had to get away from the bad guy. Kind of an idea. Um, and the problem with this whole narrative, in my opinion, is that that's why I believe that we, we won't have a redress of grievance in the courts. You can't get your evidence to an impartial group that will really honestly decide the merits of your case. You can't get, a, that's why Donald Trump just went away because he finally got it. Hey, there's a cabal, a secret combination above the people, so big, so large, driven by Satan that you can't stop it. Now, when I say you can't stop it, it's only because we the people are not a righteous people. If we the people turn to God Almighty and repented, he will heal our land and he will protect us. And, and if we don't do that, there is no opportunity uh, for solution. Now, be clear, there is on a small scale, covenant communities, good people can push back and do a lot of good. I'm not preaching negativity, but I am telling you the answer is only in turning to God Almighty. He's the only one that can stop us from this satanic cabal uh, that has become above the people. And it really is that clear, that direct, that poignant, um, and that simple, Dr. Bradley. It really is. Well, there's no question that um, uh, we, the people, are not only responsible for our future, but we've got to engage and we've got to look for these solutions. And, and the, the ultimate solution is aligning ourselves with God, as this nation was to begin with, and um, embracing his principles and applying them vigorously, enthusiastically, and passionately. 
and we've got to move away from from this program that we're we're being programmed. I, you know, if I look at a Time magazine or a Newsweek or a Today or you know any of these uh, things that are generally the CNN news, all that, those are the those are the narratives that the we're basically supposed to embrace. I mean, you you look back in February of 2009 when Newsweek magazine put out this this uh, cover that had the red hand and the blue hand shaking hands, and the headline was "We're all socialists now." This is. They're they're just reinforcing the uh, uh, dialogue in in their favor with everything they publish, and and if I read anything, I always read it with the idea of oh this is this is what they want me to believe, so what is the real truth? And then I seek the real truth, and then, of course, obviously, it all has an eternal basis, and we go back to that, and and we can restore it. We don't have to remake the wheel; it's already made. We have a back trail. It's well understood, or should be well understood anyway. It's well marked anyway. And and those of us that have been tracking that trail for decades, are, I find it absolutely, it, it's not only magnificently beautiful, it's simple. And all we've got to do is go back and use it. And and it all goes back to the foundation that the nation was built on with a godly heritage. That's what this nation was founded on. And today, we got the uh, screwball people that are seeking to just undermine and destroy everything. And, and they're in power now well, we said at almost this, every level. We said this last hour, and I'm going to repeat it at the end of this hour as well. How do we battle the monster of tyranny? The answer is clear with prayer, scripture, knowledge, preparation, love, and miracles, doctor. Well, I, I believe that you know, we do have to be a virtuous people. We've got to follow God. We've got to understand the principles and the tradition of the Founding Fathers. We've got to be engaged, and we've got to engage other people. Those are my four points that I believe really can do it, and, and they're embodied in what you just spoke of also. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, and you know hopefully we bring forward truth and solutions to the table on every broadcast. We don't mean to be negative. We do mean to paint a picture of reality of where we are. And then most importantly, we hope we highlight the solutions that you can take in hand and work with from a realistic point of view on an individual basis, on a family basis, because that's where the answers truly lie. It is God, family, and country. And it is truth shall set us free as we turn to God Almighty. God save the Republic of the United States.